we have the undisputed king of New York. Wow. Undisputed king of New York with us today. My brother, my 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 Bizzle, <laughs> the greatest baseball players in New York history. We got, I mean, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year. No hitter, three-time well, champion. We'll talk about the no hitter later. We'll talk. That's nice. No hitter. You know what? The no hitter was a nice bookend. So, you know, but we we take different viewpoints of these things. But we got the good doctor with us. Oh, my brother, Doctor Wooden. It's good yeah. to be here. What's up, guys? Man, what's thanks, up? Thanks, thanks for having me. You guys had me in tears, man. King of New York. Wow. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not King of New York. Undisputed King <laughs> oh, of New York. Wow. wow. Let's like let's not get it twisted. Undisputed King of New York. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Are you, are you You're guys, pretty impressive. Well, the fans made that possible. I mean, the fans make me who I am today. Yeah. Now, the fans definitely gave you a 98-mile-per-hour fastball. Well. And, uh, you know, a, a curveball that nobody could hit for. Well, I was blessed with that, but the fans gave me a lot of energy at the ballpark. And the thing about it, on the mound, the fans actually helped me get the strikeouts. And what yeah. I mean by that is... Every t- you guys remember, every time I got two strikes on a batter, the fans would stand up and clap. Yep. They want the strike out. And so I knew I could just throw the ball. I didn't have to throw a strike. Just throw it close enough. Because if the umpire didn't call it a strike, he knew the fans were going to boo the hell out of him. And the hitters... <laughs> yeah. It's and, so true. Yeah, and the hitters, they don't want to go down looking, so they think they're going to swing. So that's what I mean. The fans played a big part of my career. So I thank those guys. I thank you guys. Yeah. That's what I mean by that. No doubt. Great. And today's show is going to be a little different than our normal show because we're here, we're here live at Vincent's Clam Bar, yes. one of our favorite spots here Great in Carl Plate, Long Island. Yes, I've been coming here nice since '84. I was living in Port Washington at the time, and me and Carter, he was living in Glen Cove. We used to yeah. be here all the time. Yeah. Great place. They're still doing a great job. Yeah, the great food's people. still good. The food's oh, still man. amazing. Yes. Um, but so, how we're doing this a little different? We got a table full of food here. So if you hear us chewing a little bit, if you hear us slurping on the clams and the oysters, Too don't bad. be insulted. Too bad. <laughs> if you hear, you know, Dave putting the pizza in his mouth, and you, you know, the, just please, just bear with us because, you know, we love the baseball and we love friends and family, but like we, we also really like to eat. We love food. Like we love food. Yes. So, uh, I mean, we've got these seafood platters here with the shrimp, the lobster, the calamari, the everything. We got rice balls, rice balls. Oh man, it's great. We got it all. These guys sport me here. This this is good. This is good. We're on the program here today. Yes, sir. (laughs) Great spot to do the show. I love it. Man, we should just move it. Well, we kind of are moving in here. uh, (laughs) No doubt. No doubt. So, uh, I mean, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff today, but we also want to talk about the brand new website, Gooden16.com, and that's where you can get all of Doc Gooden swag. You get the this is really cool. Yes. Baseball Project 2020. It's uh, limited edition tops cards, yep. all made by a different street artist, and I believe somebody might be like the number one selling ball player out of all of these Project 2020s. That's pretty crazy, man. Like you said, when I first heard that, that um, I've been retired 20 years. Yeah. And when you hear your name, one of the top sellers, you're like, wow. And, and again, I thank the fans for that, who made it possible. Uh, Tops came out with it, but then the fans, I guess by them purchasing the cards and asking for the cards, they made it possible. And it's very humbling to be, you know, 20 years past, and still the fans taking you that certain way. Um, one thing I'm going to say, and the fans probably know that, when I took the mound, I never cheated the fans, always gave 100%. I left it all on the mound, whether I had it there or not. Always gave 100% of it. I always signed autographs with the kids. No kid went, you know, home unhappy. And that was one of the things, I always put the fans first because I always looked at it, it was always a privilege to me to wear a big league uniform. That's why I approached everything. And I always looked at it, we're all brothers and sisters, we all have different jobs, different backgrounds, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're homeless or you're the president, we're all the same. Absolutely. All brothers and sisters, no matter what. And you know what? I wish more ball players, more celebrities, more people in power would take that attitude. Yeah. You know, the world would be such a better place. Yeah. See, we just need Doc Gooden's all over the world, yeah. <laughs> and then we're going to be uh, we're going to be straight man. Yeah. Yeah. Teams that could use some Doc Gooden's right now. Right now yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all good though. Yeah. And I, I enjoy being out in the public, seeing people, man, because 
it's fun now because when you play, you know, you're in a rush, you don't have time, you sign a couple autographs, you got to go, get ready for the game, and do different things. Now you can sit, you can talk with your fans or kids, whatever, reminisce on your career or whatever you're talking about. And that's what it's all about, really. You know, it's about uplifting. It know? really is. And you, I mean, I was a kid growing up. I was, you know, we've discussed this a thousand times. Yep. The gift that you gave me when I was 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 years old, yep. I mean, they don't they don't pale in comparison. Wait, can I just swallow this lobster? Yeah, go ahead. That's all I'm saying. Hold on, what's that? They're food on me. <laughs> no, all right. Sorry, I had half a lobster <laughs> tail in my pocket, in my uh, mouth. Yeah, take the time, buddy. You know, the gifts you gave me as a kid, you know, hail in comparison to the gifts you gave me as a friend later in life. But what you did for so many of us growing up, I mean, I remember, like, leaving soccer practice because you were pitching in the afternoon. Um, you know, it was a it was a major event every time Absolutely. you pitched. Yeah. New York stopped. Yeah. You know? I mean, think of that. Think of that. Crazy. Very few players have that kind yeah. of thing where, like, you've got to watch. You were must-see TV or must-see live in person if you had tickets every time. Especially even as a Yankee fan, you know, when you were with the, with the Mets in your, in, the, in your younger years, I mean, you couldn't not pay attention. I mean, you were such a phenomenal athlete, pitcher, just how you went about your business. I mean, we had to look everybody, even Yankee fans, everybody all around the whole tri-state area. This is the first time I've ever got him to admit that he watched the Mets game. And probably yeah. last time. That's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> I That's mean, now cool. to get New York to stop. I mean, you have to be a worldwide pandemic to get New York to stop. It's stop not yet. It's <laughs> the only way to get it to stop. Right it's, it's amazing because they hear that. I mean, I still get response to hear that. And when you're going through it, you're just out doing something that you enjoy doing, something you like. You're not aware of the impact that you have on others by going on what you're doing. And that's what I mean where players today got to take that as a privilege to play because it is a privilege. It really is. It really is. You know what I mean? And, and that's why you got to approach it. That's what I did. I approached it as a privilege because so many other kids want to be in that position. And so when you went out to perform, you have to give your best. You have to give your best no matter what it is. You don't want to cheat yourself. You don't want to cheat your teammates. You don't want to cheat the fans. Especially now, price to get a ticket. You figure parking, ticket, souvenir, hot dog, and drink. You got to, what, 300 bucks? Oh, at least. Yeah, at least. It's crazy. At least. So, yeah, look at it that way. Unless you can slide into somebody's suite. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you got the hookup. <laughs> and then you, you know, yeah. like if, you, if you know anybody. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, that's amazing, we got, right? I mean, we have so much to talk about. We also have a lot of questions come in. Oh, yeah, um, sure. Tomcat80 wants to know, do you think the Dodgers will win the World Series this year? Wow. They're looking good. You know, the thing I always said, because I always get asked a lot, okay. we won 86, they say, do you guys feel like you left a lot of championships on the table, on the team? I say no, because... A lot of times, like the way the Dodgers are playing now, the Yankees played so many years, a lot of times the team that wins the World Series is the team that gets hot during the playoffs. It's not always the best team. Right. It's the team that's playing the best during the postseason. And look at, I mean, nothing from the Giants. Look at the Giants being one of three out of, I don't know, six years or whatever. Look at their roster. Nobody really is scared you on that roster. Yeah. The pitchers got hot at the right time. And that's what it comes down to, is the Dodgers get hot at the right time. Like you take a guy like Kershaw, and no knocking against Kershaw, during the season he's been one of the best pitchers. Postseason, he struggled a little bit. Um, and it's just a situation where that happens. It's just bad timing. And so, I guess to answer the question, I think the Dodgers getting bets is definitely might be the thing they, they miss because they had on paper the best team in the last six, seven years. And sometimes you just need that one spark, that one guy to loosen people up when they get tight, what have you. And he might be that guy. Yeah. Me personally, obviously, I'm a New Yorker. I'm a man at heart, but I pull for all the New York teams. I like I mean, it's going to be. It's not going to be the Mets, which I don't think it'll be the Mets this year. I like, to see, I like to see the Yankees win. So the Dodgers, I'm still holding grudges for when Sosha hit the home run off of me in '88. That still, that still hurts. That leads us to another question we had. That, that hurts. Listen, speaking of that, Dodgers, we had a question come in from one of our listeners, say our buddy of ours named Jay. He wanted to ask you: Do you think the '88 Mets were the best team to never win the World Series? That's a great question. I think on paper, yes. Yes, but like I try, you I try said, to say, hot. Yeah, it was hot. And I didn't let people know that the, the 86, I mean, the 88 team is better for his um, talent-wise, but for his heart, and just one of the wins, dedication, and prove, I mean, just took did whatever it takes to win the 86 team. We didn't have the best team in 86, even against the Red Sox, but we had characters, we had guys who had heart. You know what I mean by guys who were willing to do whatever it takes to win. I mean, we want to take your heart out. And 
88. That's what I mean. Not that they weren't bad guys, but we didn't have that killer instinct. We didn't have guys that were willing to, like some guys, like say Kevin Mitchell, he'll charge the dugout from the, I mean, from the, he'll charge the mound from the dugout. <laughs> guys that you know don't play well. They have an intimidation factor. 88, I don't think we had an intimidation <clears throat> factor as much as 86. Um, so I think that was the difference. On paper, yes. Talent wise, yes. But chemistry, guys that had you know heart and did what it takes to win, 86 by far. You know, speaking of that, I was I was with Straw one day and somebody asked him, Do you think the eighty six Mets team would have beat the ninety eight Yankee team? And he goes, Ooh. Honestly, he's like, Absolutely. He uh, goes, and if for some reason if the ninety eight team, you know, if the ninety eight Yankees did beat the eighty six Mets teams on the field, we would have kicked their asses off the field. <laughs> we had a t- our team, man. We had this model. <laughs> I don't know if I can say it on air, but we had this model where the teams that were cocky, <clears throat> I think it was more confident than cocky. But it was some cockiness there. And playing in New York, you got to have that. Like, like now, what young kids call swag, which back then it was called cockiness. Yeah. That's all that's saying is that we believed in ourselves, we believed in our teammates, stuff like that. So we had that. So our model, like we were on the road to play, was we're going to kick your ass, uh-huh. drink your beer, yeah. and. Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> and that's and you know, but that's, that's but, a, but that was '86. I mean, yeah, that was a long time. That was, ago. That was a long time ago. That's I not that's not me today. Yeah, I don't think like that today. Then. Yeah, I was young. Yeah, now you're yeah. like now you're like I'm gonna eat your food. Yeah, I'm gonna, eat I'm gonna take a nap <laughs> on your couch. I'm gonna eat your food. Drink I'm gonna ask your oil. woman to drive me home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> eat your shrimp and lobster. Drink your ginger ale. Yeah, I'm gonna take a nap. That's me today. Oh, man. So, <laughs> now, Dave and I are baseball purists in the, in the purest form. Like, I want a game to last five hours. I want to watch the chess match of, you know, matchups. I, you know, I love, you know, him and I don't necessarily agree on this one all the time, but I love that a pitcher has to get up and hit and take responsibility for what they did the last inning. You know, I'm the old guy when it comes to baseball. Like How that. do you feel like about, that. you know, okay, thank God we're getting baseball, even yes. if it's 60 games, whatever it is, but no. all these new rules they're starting to put in the game to speed the game up. The, you got to face three batters, uh, the seven-inning doubleheader, the, you know, I mean, if you're, let's just turn back the clock, you've got, you know, no. Roscoe in the bullpen, you got, uh, you know, Mariano in the bullpen, whoever it is. You're coming out of the tenth inning, and you got a guy on second and no outs. I mean, a little league team should be able to get a guy home from second base with no outs. Yeah. You know, unless you, you know, you, you know, unless you're in the bullpen coming out. Yeah. Good <laughs> yeah, points, man. I told you, I'm old school with that too. Yeah. I like the baseball games where it's two to one. I like the National League baseball where the pitcher hits. It's more strategy. Yep. With the double switch, with the pitcher hit, button the guys over. You know, little stuff. I understand this year you're going to the DH. And I think a lot of it has to do with, unfortunately, like a lot of pitchers are getting hurt now running bases. Last year, a year before, Tanaka pulled the hamstring runner first. About three, four years ago, um, Chimmy Wong with the Yankees towards Achilles running third. Yeah. To me, that's embarrassing because normally coming up in Little League, high school, college, yeah. pitchers are the best athletes. Mm-hmm. And now these guys are getting hurt running bases. So in the early 80s, our pitchers, we took a lot of pride in bunting, working on this stuff, running the bases. You know, getting guys over, hitting run, different things like that. Now I don't think the pitchers, National League or NL League players, are taking pride in that. Bunting and getting guys over, doing little stuff. So, Major League Baseball is almost forced to go to DH. But I like the old rules. And now, having DH is really no difference between National League and Mercury League because they're all playing by the same rules. There's no strategy. The only strategy is making changes with the pitchers. Um, a pitcher has to come in and face three batters. I don't like that rule. Again, you're taking away strategy. You're taking a game out of the manager's hands Absolutely. when you do that. There's no matchups. And so, I don't really like that. Um, man on second, extra innings, I don't like that. Um, play the game. I can say if it's the all-star game where you only could take so many on a roster, and you play by that rule, you know, like man, um, tie score extra innings, you want to put a man on second. I can get that in the all-star game because that's all, you know, entertainment anyway. Regular season, that's, that's a bit much. I mean, like I said, that's like literally, you're sitting out in the second base. You know? Yeah, that's too much. Like, yeah. It's like participation trophy stuff. That's too much. And seven innings now with double hitters, like you said, if you got Mariano or Orozco in 86-88, the starter go five innings for us. You bring in Mike Dowell and Orozco, that's a manage for us. Yeah. And with the Yankees, 
2015, well, I played in 96, um, 97, 2000. We go seven innings, starter goes four or five. You got Nelson, Stanton, Rivera's over. Yes, I mean, yeah, that so, was right. You got to play nine innings. I mean, it's the big leagues. It's mainly baseball, one of the greatest, to me, the sports in, the, in the, out of all the sports in the world. Absolutely. But they're doing too much change. Changing the game way too much. Yeah. Way too much. Um, well, I, yeah, I mean, I'm such a pure. Dave, too. But this year, this year, I understand because, like I say, 60 games. Being a fan, I just want baseball. I want anything. Yeah. I'll take anything. Take anything we can get this yes, year. Right. Yeah, I'll take so anything. I'll deal with it. Yes, sir. Yeah. I mean, I grew up a fan of the DH because I'm an American League guy. You ain't fan since I'm seven years old when I watched Reggie hit those three home runs, right? Yeah. That drew me in. So I've always loved the DH being an American League yes. guy. So And seeing that just about every other professional league does the DH, I'm kind of in favor of it being there. But I know what you're saying, yeah. though. The strategy. It's always been interesting in the interleague to watch like the manager do the double switches and everything. So it, it, I was always intrigued by that. But I do love a DH. No, I just, I just tell DH. And then, see, I might be a little biased because I was a pitcher. And I like to hit, you know. Yeah. And then, like you said, in America, you, well, not so much now. Pitchers don't pitch inside like the way they should. But you say the pitchers, when they do something, they have to wear it. Where a pitcher, you know you got a bat. You're not going to be throwing at guys just to be hitting guys. Like, say, Roger Clemens, who I love. Great teammate. Great competitor. Throwing at guys all the time. If this is nationally, you don't do that shit. Because you got to hit. I've been hit a couple times to protect the pitchers. That ball hurts. Yeah. You think differently about that. Um, and again, I get it with the DH, but it doesn't make a difference now between American League and National League. It's like the same because there's no difference in the, in the leagues. And the World Series, National League Park, pitch got hit. I think all that plays a part. I love it. I love the strategy you know, of the game. So now it's, it's really just going smash. Yeah, roll it out there and, uh, <coughs> you know, everybody wants the long ball. Yeah. It, it, seems launch, like the, launch angle. it seems like the MO of everybody in baseball this year is they don't want these games going more than like two and a half to three hours max. That's what all this is about, the seven-inning doubleheader. They put the man on second in extra innings. You know, all of that is conducive to keeping the game shorter, which they've been trying to do. And like he said before, when I go to the ballpark, I want to stay there for five hours. Yeah, and I get that. I, I'm just trying to show the game, but it's like you're almost contradicting yourself because when you have it like a close play, the manager can say, hold on a second, let me see the report. So right there, you're killing the time. So I say, take away the, that, the replay thing, and then the down second, you got to get rid of it. That one got rid of Seven innings, I can kind of deal with that a little bit for, for a double hitter. I get it. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. Facing, the, uh, you got to face a guy for three batters. That one, that's a bit much. That's, I mean, that that, that takes away, I mean, that takes away baseball. You know, it takes away everything. Yeah, it yeah. almost seems like they're giving the hitters all the advantage. And yeah. Again, I could be a little biased on a pitcher, but the reason I said is because, number one, all the ballparks, all the new ballparks are smaller. If they went small, they bring the fences in. Like City Field, they brought the fence in maybe three times. Tiger Stadium, they brought the fence in. And so most ballparks are a joke. All the hitters they got with the big pads now. Condition. You can't throw inside. You get thrown out of a game. Even if you don't hit a guy. Like Kelly for the Dodgers, yep. he threw behind the guy. I get it. But he didn't hit the guy. You can't toss a guy for that. I mean, you can't. Yeah. I mean, in the early 80s, just say a strawberry got hit. Huh. I hit two of the guys. It's yeah. expected. No problem. It's expected. I'm probably going to let it happen. And let the players kind of umpire the game yeah. that way. Now, you throw the ball inside, the umpire one in both teams, and you'll get a chance to retaliate. Take it away the game to me. I get it. Don't try to hurt anybody and throw it to the head. Yeah. Still, part of the game, you, you know, pitching inside, especially now, everybody's swinging for the fences. You got to make a guy uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, Doc, we got uh, actually DJ Cisco just called in. He, DJ Cisco, meet Doc. Good. How you doing, buddy? How's everything? I love your name. Shirley Davis my toughest hitter, man. Um, in my prime, he was with the San Francisco Giants. He was one of the guys where I couldn't get out. If I had my good stuff, he was going to you know, two or three hits. If I had my bad stuff, he was hit a couple home runs. And even when I went to Cleveland in 1999, he was with the Yankees. <laughs> Same thing. He just wore me out, man. Just one of those guys that I couldn't get out. And I remember talking to him when we retired, and he just said, for some reason, he just saw the ball well cut out of my hand. Um, he was very comfortable. And then, like I was talking about earlier, now that I'm not playing, I can admit it. I hit Chile a couple of times intentionally trying to intimidate him. <laughs> but, it, but it didn't work. I mean, it didn't work. He just had one of the guys that had my number. So you really had to concentrate on getting guys out ahead of him to keep him off base when he came up. But he was a tough out. Um, can you share the story you've told me a few times? Can you share the story of the first time you, you, you uh, went up against Pete Rose? Yeah, actually, Pete Rose. <laughs> I saw Pete Rose 
Um, I'm not from Tampa originally. Um, in the 60s and 70s, Pete Rose, I mean, the 600 Reds had spring training in Florida. Um, so, uh, that was a, I was leaving the game when they played the Tigers in, in, in Lakeland, which is like the next town over. And we're leaving the game early. It's like a blowout game. And uh, Pete Rose was leaving early. So, my dad said, hey, there's Pete Rose. So, I see Pete. Wave. My dad asked, can we get a picture? So I take a picture with Pete. I was like 10 years old. So, then you fast forward nine years later. I'm facing Pete in the big leagues. And... When I made the team, he came over to congratulate me, making the team. I was telling him about where I got the picture, which he didn't remember. So the next time he came to New York, my dad brought the picture. I showed it to him. And so uh, that was good. And then the next time I faced Pete, it's like the base was loaded. I got him. It's like 2-2. I threw a curveball right down the middle. I mean, they still showed this. On, I forget. I don't know. In my base show, that curveball right down the middle. He takes it. So I'm looking at the umpire. Takes it on the mound, kind of like doing the plate. So I'm thinking to myself, man, this guy, he's already got his fucking hits. Call the ball to strike, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but still today though he's one of my my heroes I still I like a little kid when he comes around that's the the one story you're talking about yeah yeah wasn't there another one also where you were fresh in the league and uh, you were I mean you were everybody's talking about you and he just slapped one right back up at you through the middle wasn't there was that was that Peter or that somebody else that might have been somebody else I think that's somebody else yeah He's got his hits off, man. He remembers like every hit that he had off you. He remembers. Yeah, he could probably name all four thousand one hundred ninety-two. Oh yeah. I did get him. Next time you see him, tell him say, "Doc, say Buck do the curveball. He's a left-hand hitter." Yeah. For a strike, and I'll probably call it a ball. And I yelled at the umpire. I said, "Man, he's already got his hits. Call us back." Yeah, come on, give us a chance. Yes. Cisco, thanks for checking in, brother. Hey, buddy. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Say Nixon? Oh, Richard. Oh, President. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, yes, I remember they tell me they come there, you know, as a kid, 1920, it's amazing that you, you know, the president didn't see you. And I didn't really get to appreciate it until once I got older in my career because at that time, you, you know, you're young and you're just so excited about being there and facing guys. But to have a president come see you, that definitely was a very humbling. Awesome. Uh, thank you, buddy. I appreciate you. All right, DJ Cisco. One of the great DJs here yeah. on, on the station. Yeah. Awesome. Zena's checking in too. Zena, what's up in New York City? There she Red, is. Red <laughs> in New Jersey. All a bunch of people hanging out in the chat. Um, yeah, I know baseball is a game ritual. You know, and, and I mean, I have my own OCD rituals. But I know you have two very special meals before every day game yeah. and every night game. And now, I mean, all we do is eat anymore. <laughs> like, it's literally, like, some might even, oh, some people might call it a, pro- a problem. I don't know. Oh, definitely. But yeah. can, you, can you share that, that, that morning ritual of the cereal and the, the, the other one, Miro? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, well, I always had, like, day games, you know, especially early in my career. I, always, I didn't pitch too good in day games because, you know, you felt like you, you wake up 8, 30, 9 o'clock, you have your bowl of cereals, Fruit Loops, is my favorite. <laughs> then that. they say, you know, you're on the mound and you're still trying to wake up. Um, and, and baseball players are very superstitious. They tell you they're not, they're lying. Trust me, very superstitious. At least I know I was. And I remember pitching a great game at Ricky Year, and I had a, I had a, a hoagie for Shami signs from his deli. And to me, I felt like, that's what happened. So I said the next day, the next time I had a night game, I went and got the sandwich. I saw I pitching good. So I figured it was more so the sandwich than it was me. <laughs> so every time with a night game, I always have my, my pastrami sandwich around 2 o'clock before I would pitch. And the fruit loops <laughs> would be my morning thing <laughs> for breakfast. Like we didn't know it then, but even then we kind of, we just basically ate the same thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think I grew up on fruit loops. Oh, fruit loops, man. I love it. I still yeah. eat I still eat it. I still eat the fruit loops and the strawberry. The only difference is it can be any time during the day I'll eat it. Yep. What's up, guys? I love so. uh, fruit loops. What's up, D? What's up, D? Hi. How you guys doing? Yeah, Brooklyn's right. in the house. <laughs> yep. No Peter Lugers? Um, so let's get back to uh, Gooden16. Gooden16.com. Uh, it's the website. It's the home of everything Doc Gooden. The Baseball Project 2020. 
cards are on there, and now as limited as they are, your team's taking it a step further. You can actually get autographed editions yes. of those cards on the site. Yes, you autographed editions, they got, got them labeled where some are in the silver, some are in the gold, some are in the black. Um, by the artists that have them on there, they're numbered, one through 16, the special ones. So um, my son, um, they call him Doc Jr. or Dwight Jr., whatever, he runs it. He's doing a great job. And special editions, you can go on the website and then explain everything to you. But it's fun. I enjoy it. It's my way of connecting back with the fans yeah. um, that I've been out of the game now for 20 years. Uh, it's fun for all ages. So you guys out there, just look into it if you, if you hadn't already. And if you collect cards, it's something that's fun. We've got like 15 different artists that's going to be doing 15 different cards, different makeup on them. Um, I have some say-so in some of the cards. And it's a great thing with the signature that I'm signing. And you definitely get an autographed card you know, if you, if you sign up for it. Yeah, they're awesome. Um, and speaking of cards, I don't know if you guys saw this in the news today. Mm, so the Honus, the Honus Wagner card, the T206 has always been, you know, the, the holy grail of, of baseball cards. I think the last one was sold for $3.4 million. Um, a Mike Trout card, a Mike Trout card was just sold. A Mike Trout rookie card was just sold at auction, Golden Auctions, I think it was. $3.94 million. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. you know, the thing though I was explaining to a few people about it, and, and don't get me wrong, it's, that's, a, that's, a, that's sick. That's crazy. But it's a one-of-one one card. So it's like it's more like a piece of art that was sold. Not really, like, yeah. you really didn't have a chance to get that in a pack. Like, if you bought... If you bought packs every day, like coming home from school, you're not getting that card. It's, you know, you know, one kid is. It's like it's it's rarer than the Willy Wonka than the Golden Ticket. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's you a better golden, chance winning yeah. the lottery than getting that card. You know, absolutely. And you know, I don't know. I don't. You know, like 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 we're saying, we're old school when it comes to the game of baseball. You know, some of these ins like I I don't know if that counts. I I, I in my heart, I'm gonna still say the Honus Wagner. Is the rarest card. That's the rarest, yeah. Yeah. Especially in good, finding that card in good condition. Yeah. Yeah, you are old school. But I say with Trout, I think now, with the, especially with the younger generation, he's the guy because if my memory serves me correctly, what, this is his eighth or ninth year? Yeah, right? Yeah, about yeah. eight, something like eight, that. Yeah. He's been one or two in MVP voting for seven years out of, out of eight. The consistency yeah. is amazing. The consistency is amazing. Right. And he seems like he's like the grown. As a pitcher, like they're getting better and better every year. Mm-hmm. Like just the next year, you say, "Wow, that's like per year." Next year, you're doing something to top that. Yeah, He's I one think. Of the kind. I think I think Degrom's going to win his third Cy Young Award in a row, and I think he might do it with three wins this year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Degrom's in that rare air, though, that rare, along yeah. with like a guy like Kershaw, like you said before, as regular season pitchers go, like yeah. where every time out you're like you're expecting this guy to be dynamite they're every time out, yes. and when they're not, you go, "Oh my god." Not what happened. Right, know? and that was like the start, not the last start, the one before, he gave up two runs, and he walked like two guys in a row, and, and, and that's like, oh man, what's wrong? Something's got to be wrong. <laughs> I mean, right away, you're like, it can't be, but this guy's human, and, and what makes it makes him even more special is that when he pitches, he, like you said, he's expected to win. He's expected not only to win, he's expected to dominate. He can't give up a run, and no, then no. the opposing team, they know the night before who's pitching, so they're going to go to bed early. They're going to work harder and batting practice to come and get you. He's still dominating. You know, I, just, I think you know something about that. I just came up with a business idea for us. All right? Okay. And it's going to be a little shady because we love Jacob and he's our guy. Yep. But what if we started a business like a, like a, a mental coach business yep. for opposing batters who have to face Jacob the next day? Just like how to get them in the right place to, to help them. Somebody hit him because he is unhittable. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I think we can do that. Good luck with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that one. These hitters, man. I remember um, talking to like I go to Matt's fantasy camp every year. Yeah, it's so much fun. Best time ever. Oh, it's the best. best week of my life. I remember like talking to like Lenny Harris and different guys, like Eric Davis, a couple of these guys. You talk to them, you say, man, when they should come in shape in the '80s with me, Darling, Sid, uh, Cone, all these guys. Yeah, they said they just wanted a three-game series. They just want to get out of with two hits. They say, yeah. I got two hits that whole series, I did good. Yeah. And I'm sure when these guys come here to face the Grome, they're like, man, let's get the next two games. You know, we have no chance. This, this is great if we get this one. Yeah. But yeah. I tell you what, though, and 
if I was like the Mets, I always said this, not so much now, but when we had Harvey, DeGrom, Sandy Girl, all these guys, like 2015 and young, I would take the, the pitch count and the radar gun off the scoreboard. Because if I'm the opposing team, I don't know if they use to the advantage, you know you're not going to hit these guys. I would take pitches early in the game and get the pitch count up to get to the bullpen. And, you know, so if you see the advantage, I understand that's for the fans. But if I got young pitchers and stuff like that, I would not put that on the scoreboard. No way. No, no. Yeah, it's too much much input for a player. You know, you're you're looking at every, you know. And even the pitchers didn't get in your head because I know I would have did it. If I was... Then had that gun on the, on the score when I was young. At third pitch, I don't see what, what I'm throwing. Yeah. When you get caught in what you're throwing, opposed to making pitches and getting this guy out. Every pitch, you throw a fastball, you're going to hit 100. And that's not important, really. What's it, important it is making pitches. It take you out of the zone, right? Oh, right? It would totally like change your approach. It would change it, yes. Because if you see, like, say you take a guy like Senegal who normally throws 98-99, now it has him like 95-94, he's going to be trying to hump up more instead of make pitches. So that definitely with you. Yeah. And you know what? Everybody wants the, you know, the big swinging, you know, what out there. And they all, you oh, know. And they watch it. And the hitters are watching. I remember, yeah. remember Jeter, he used to go like, uh, when he'd be on deck to hit, he'd be by the screen. Wait, but really, he's talking to the scout. I said, how hard is that guy throwing? He wants to know. So he have an idea what yeah. he's got throwing. You know, you know, it's so funny in, in this age of baseball now where there's so many different factors and you think of you know what happened with Houston Astros in the past and and like as a player like I'm sorry like you know and and we've talked to other players about this before you are going to take every advantage you can get to you know to win Um, but like if you're if you're Houston Astros or you have like that Belichick mindset of like the, the New England Patriots if I'm the home team and it's my stadium, my I'm bulking my home pitchers up. That 96 is all. That might be 99, 101. I got a funny story to tell you. you know? Go ahead and finish after this. You know, and then if like for, for like you're the road team, yep. that 96 might be 93, 92. Maybe he doesn't think he's got his best stuff that day. And mentally, you know what? You don't. I mean, baseball is the biggest mental game. It is. You know, especially pitching. You know, it's funny yeah. that you said. True story. I go to Cleveland. Well. I went to the Yankees in 97. Yeah. I topped out in 97, like in 93. So I was right. basically from 89 to 93, right? 98, I go to Cleveland. At that time, it was called Jake Stadium. Yeah. And <laughs> my first start, I'm throwing, and it's got me 97. 95, 97. I'm like, oh shit, my fastball's back. I'm back. And so, then, yeah, oh. mentally, so now I'm thinking, I'm, I'm just, I ain't thinking location. I'm trying yeah. to blow guys away. Three minutes later, I'm down seven runs. I've given up four home runs. <laughs> and they're telling me, you're out of the game. Give me the right, right? Yeah. So I go in, I go in the back where the guy keeps scoring in the audio room. Yeah. I'm looking at the thing, it's got 87, 89. I say, what is this? That's your philosophy. I say, out there, have me at 97, 96. He goes, no, we turn that up for the fans. Yeah, they goose the numbers. Yeah, they goose the numbers for the fans to see. I'm like, man. I love that. And it, it worked against me. And so it's funny that you said, true story. I'm like, yeah. I ended up getting up seven rounds of four because I'm thinking my fastball's back. Yeah. And if you hadn't seen that on the board, like we were just saying before, yeah. Yeah. you would have changed. You might not have given up all those runs. Right. You would have been, or your approach would have been totally different. It would have been totally different. I would have been touching wow. more location. With that, you're just trying to blow, blow, blow. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. All right, so now we're going to get to some, some real talk. Yeah. Now, this is where we get heavy. We get yeah. deep. All right. September 10th, football's supposed to start. Yes, sir. Um, you know, we go through this every year. I'm a Jets fan. Dave Unano is a Jets fan. You're a Giants fan. But we don't have that hatred for the other teams. Oh, no, not at all. It's, you know, it's all love in New York unless they happen to meet in a Super Bowl. Well, even preseason. Preseason, I want to win, too. Yeah, right. Preseason. Right, the Snoopy Bowl. Yeah, the Snoopy Bowl. Bowl. You know, we get our one game every three years or so, you know. Um, What are you thinking? What are you thinking? This year is so different, man, because... Just tell you why I'm a true fan. Every year I think we got a chance. Like this year, I'm like, we can sneak up on people. I like Judge, I like the hiring. I'm, yeah. I'm looking at everything they read, and Googling all this stuff on the Giants. I wanna, I'm looking for anything I can get. Like they had a, um, I guess a scrimmage the other day. They was talking about this cornerback that was undrafted. He made a stop. They, the safety loves stop same corner to go. I'm like, oh yeah, this could be the year we sneak up on people. And reality comes when it started. I'm like, man, I don't know. This year, I think it's tough because we have a young team, a lot of draft picks. Yeah. They're not, they would definitely need it in the preseason to play and get the reps. Yeah. And there's no way you can make up repetitions unless you're playing. Yeah. So I think that would hurt. And another thing is, no disrespect to anybody, but 
No. Like, like I hate I, the Cowboys. I'm a Giants fan. I hate right, the Cowboys. Right. I hate the Redskins. I hate the Eagles. Put it on the bench. Right. Oh, we brought in all these Dallas coaches. What the hell is that? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean. Yep. So I'm afraid of that. And I must admit, the Jets. You guys look better than we do on paper. On paper. On paper. Yeah. Well, we've had, you know, we've had a couple of tough hits. A couple of players have opted out. C.J. Mosley opted out, and that's going to be the second year in a row we don't have this guy who's like an elite middle linebacker. And sure. Josh Doxson also with our receiving core being thin, he opted out too. Did any Giants? Do you know of any Giants? That yeah, opted out? Um, the one cornerback, Bill, our cornerback, um, cornerback, he was supposed to be the guy because the other guy got in trouble in Miami. Um, damn, what's his name? Uh, Baker. Baker. Right. Baker got in trouble in, in Miami. And Bill was a prospect. He was hurt all last year. Bill, this this is going to be his year, but he opted out. So now we have uh, Valentine. This is a kid that I think got shot last year after the draft day. And then the kid that was undrafted, they battled Again, we're young again. And I don't know. But then, again, this is where the fan comes out. Nobody's having uh, preseason. So maybe that works out advantage. We can sneak up a couple games early. But I love football. Excuse <coughs> me. I watch football. I like watching football more than baseball. And I think only because every game is important because it's only 16 games. But yeah. baseball, you have 162 on a normal season, so it's not as important. But um, I'm a diehard Giants fan, and my kids know that because when the Giants win, they know I'm going to give them whatever they want. If the Giants yeah. lose, <laughs> don't come near me. I don't want no part of that coming to bed. Well, I love football Sundays at Doc House. Oh, starts at 11 a.m. That's right. Yeah. And goes till about now midnight. Midnight. And if the Giants win, it goes to midnight because I want to watch. If the Giants win, I'm watching all the replays. Yeah, 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 yeah. All the whole night. Yeah. So, it's sure, it. same with the Jets for me. It's like, it's a great day when the Jets win. Yes. And if they're not, don't talk oh, I'm to down, me. I'm down. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah. me. Yeah. But I think, um, I just hope they can play. I mean, a lot of props to the players and commission and everybody involved trying to make it happen. Yeah. Because, you know, without sports, man, but what, what America went through this year is hard. And I never knew I liked sports as much as I did until this year. Not having sports, right. I mean, it was very, very depressing. Um, it was tough. I deal with depression. And then to have that taken away, it was very, very tough. You know, I'm sitting there not going with it. Yeah, I find like now that we have sports back on, big hockey fan too, big Islanders fan. So yeah. I'm like loving this playoff run they're on right now. Right. They're having, having it all back, NBA, NHL, and now football training camp. I feel like, okay, now it feels a little more normal. I know things are a little weird with the rule changes across the board, but I'll take it. I'm taking it. This year, I, take it. You know? I, I, I totally can relate to that. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, and once again, we are here live on Extra Innings on the Soul Free Radio Network with the good doctor himself, yes, my brother, Doc Gooding. Yes, sir. And good to be here. We are doing this live in Vincent's Clam Bar, Carl Place, Long Island. Food is excellent. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 this is, I can honestly say this is the first time I sucked down a whole lobster while doing a radio <laughs> show. <laughs> like, you, I mean, you, you, still have, you still have a couple, you got like a knuckle or two left. It's like we're at the Sinatra dinner hour. This exactly. really is. Yeah. Like, yeah. This really is. We're imposter. So, yeah. You know, like Sinatra dinner hour. So if I was home, I'd be sucking it up. I know. I actually, <laughs> I, I threw my little legs out. And I mean, I'm going to hear shit for that later, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sorry. Or like, you know, but it is what it is. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. It happens. tastes good. That's about why. So, now once we're geographically a little closer, yep. every Thursday night, See, I figured out another scam. Ready? I do the show called the Sinatra Dinner Hour, where we talk about um, we talk with somebody, a different food celebrity, restaurant owner, different athlete, whoever, yeah. about their love growing up of food, um, what food was in their house, um, you know, what Sinatra and the Rad Pack kind of meant to them, and then at the end they present a dish to Frank Sinatra. Like, you know, if Frank was at our table, what would, what would you, you know, want to share from your, your family's cookbook with him? Wow, wow. You know, so that's a lot of fun. That yeah, is fun. Wow. Yeah. That's good stuff. Now, I know food was big in your house growing food up. Food was huge in my house. So, like, yeah. my parents from the deep south yeah. from Georgia. Uh-huh. I mean, and back then, my grandparents, they grew their own vegetables. They had a garden. Yeah. And the tomatoes, the collard greens. Wow. All this stuff, cabbage, tomatoes, watermelons, everything. And then they raised chickens. They had the, the hogs, everything right there. And what's funny was I remember me and my sisters we used to go to Georgia and we had these chickens all the time that we they'd say, well, our chickens, so we'd give them names. And my, sister, oh. my sister had this one chicken named Red, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so 
one day we're sitting at the table eating, and uh, oh, my sister no. ran around and said, where's Red? I said, he might go under the house, so we're looking at the house of Cape Front Red. Yeah. So, true story, we're eating, because actually my sister is Sheffield's mom. Yeah. Right? So, we're eating, and she goes, Grandma, whatever happened to Red? She goes, he don't hit, he don't hit plate. She goes, <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, on my plate. Oh. And to this day, well, my sister eats chicken now, but she probably went about 10, 15 years where she went and started crying. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Tell me all the stories about him, so it's like I met him through Ray. Yeah, but I never had the opportunity. Yeah, Ray, Ray Negron, the uh, the I mean, I guess we would call him the Steinbrenner Jr. Yeah. Ray was part of the reason why I saw him the Yankees. I don't know if you know that story. He, um, I was living in St. Petersburg, Florida, and I had been out of baseball for, uh, for a year, I got suspended for 95 seasons, and I was getting back into the game, and I ran to Ray. And Ray, I knew, had contacts going to Japan before I got clean. And I was telling Ray, you gotta get me to Japan. He said, but you gotta get in shape first. So I started working out, started going to A meetings, started you know, spending time with my family, started feeling pretty good about myself, yeah. getting healthy again. And then I told Ray, I said, I don't wanna go to Japan. He goes, good, I wouldn't send you anyway. I was trying to get you started. So he did help jumpstart me. Um, so when my suspension was lifted, we had a couple of trouts. So Sheffield, my nephew was with the Marlins at the time. So um, this is the end of 95. So we went down to Miami, had a trout. Threw down there, threw pretty good. And, and Dave Dombrowski was the general manager then. And we basically had a verbal agreement. We shook hands on a two-year deal. And he said, um, okay, we'll give you a contract. He said, I want you to go to Puerto Rico. Just still just get in shape, get ready. I said, all right. So now Ray had been on baseball for a while too. But he was trying to get back in with the Yankees. So I guess he called Mr. Steinbrenner and said, hey, we got Doc, but you know, two for minutes. So Ray called me and goes, Mr. Steinberg, I want to meet with you. I said, okay, but we already agree with the, the morning. Yeah. She goes, I got some problems there. That's what he's telling you, right? Yeah. He said, just meet with him. So I'm going to meet with George. He offered me the same deal as the Marlins do. Two-year deal with option. Go to go to um, uh, Puerto Rico, throw a little bit. When you feel like you've had enough, you come back. That's right. I said, but Ray, we already agreed with the morning. He goes, well, they called me. They said, you're not going to guarantee your contract until I see you throw them in Puerto Rico. Well, Mr. Steinberg, I guarantee a contract right now before you go. So I'm like, well, fuck that. I got to take the guarantee. Yeah, yeah. So I said, okay. I signed with the Yankees. Now, fast forward to spring training. We had the same people. I run into Dombrowski. He goes, Doc, what happened? I thought we had a deal. He goes, yeah, but Ray said you called him and you biked out of the deal. You want me to go to Puerto Rico? He goes, I never talked to Ray after you left. <laughs> I don't even know Ray. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I don't know Ray. I never talked to Ray. I mean, it worked out good because I've really been in New York anyway. Yeah, yeah. But just the way it happened. Yeah. But me and Ray, we still laugh about that today. I mean, I felt horrible about it because then Chef, my nephew, was like, Doc, what happened, man? We had the deal. We <laughs> were going to do this. I said, yeah, but they might. <laughs> I'm like, man. <laughs> but it all worked out good. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, all right, so now we've, we've spoken, obviously, as, as, as a Mets, you know, relationship. Yeah. Um, you know, it does hurt me a little bit that, you know, Two of the, you know, two of the highlights of, of the Yankee run were my, our beloved number 16 and number 18, which if, if anybody from the Mets organization is, is listening, you got you got off easy this year because us fans aren't in the stadium. But if you do not retire those two numbers next year, we're not coming anymore. Wow. Great. Yeah, we're not coming anymore. So, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, there's some, you know, there's some, there's others I like. But it's not hurt. It's not hurting me. But I mean, sixteen and eighteen are our franchise. You know, it's I appreciate worth, that. You know? It means a lot. Yeah. To hear that, and I've heard that. It was talk about it, but I mean, hopefully one day it happens. And before I'm gone, I get to see it. Yeah. You know what I mean, because that's but see that's and that's what these people do. Yeah. And I'm referring to them as these people now. <laughs> like these people, they wait till yep. you know, you know, you know. Pour, Tom, poor, poor Tom Seaver. He's not in the best of, of health right now. Yep. So now they're gonna they're gonna do something nice for him. Yeah. I don't understand. You know, the now Yankees. Can enjoy. If you're a Yankee, Yankees, Yankees do the right way. If you're a Everything Yankee, right? Us, yeah. 
on Aaron Judge's fourth home run, they already yeah, they started already sketching it. out the plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. John yeah. Chamberlain had yeah. pitched three games, and the stadium was filled with 61, yeah. 62, yeah. 62 I had jerseys. One. You're right. yeah. See, you got one. All right, so right. I'm going to allow... I'm going to allow Dave to have this moment as a Yankee fan to, to you know, what did, what did our two guys mean to you to have run as a Yankee fan? Well, they were huge. I mean, well, I think the, the situation with Doc speaks for itself. That no-hitter was just an absolute, yeah, yeah. just a, yeah. a brilliant moment. And, like, how emotional when they carried him off the field and all with your dad and everything. And, like, the whole, you know, it was like... Hollywood would have told you to get lost if we sent that script to them. They would have, oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? No way. That can never happen. But it did. It did. And that's yeah. the magic of the New York Yankees. That's the magic I mean, of the like, Yankees. And as a Yankee fan, I'm going to say no, you're right. But, but like, you know, and, and with Daryl, too, it's like watching him hit a home run was majestic. I mean, it's like a work of art watching him put one in the seats. And what stadium was more tailor-made for Dallas Strawberry than Yankees? Kill that stadium. You're right. One, one thing I like to see, like, first of all, I like to say I'm a Met I'm always going to be a man at heart. Yeah. So I want to get that out of the way first. Absolutely. But if there was something that I could change, I'd like to see it differently. Like the Yankees, I remind them because when I joined the Yankees in 96, one thing that was great with the players, myself and the fans, was, you know, you go there, you had Joe DiMaggio, you had Yogi Berra, Reggie Jackson, Mel, well, Mel was still there, um, Ron Guidry, Goose Gossage, Mickey Rivers. You had all these guys in uniform on the field. So if you need, like, say, if I was throwing my curveball, I can go to Gidget and say, Gidget, how would you do your curve a certain thing about the stadium? You can ask those questions. Yeah. Um, and for the fans, it's great because you got these guys walking around, signing autographs, doing all this stuff, right? So what I'm saying is the Mets should get back to that. Bringing some of those 86, 69 guys around. Absolutely. You're not trying to take nobody's job. We all have the same goal to try to make it better. It would be great for the fans. I mean, even if you don't include me, that's fine. But these other guys, get them out there. Get them around. Could it be great? For the team, you guys can pick your brain a little bit. Great for the fans. You know, this is what you got. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you know, and, and again, nothing against these guys. Like, they bring guys around once a week. That's great. John Franco around once a week. That's great. But what about some of these 86, some of these 69 guys? Bring them around. That bring guys who won. Yeah, let the players pick their brain. Yeah. Whether it's about hanging in New York, whether it's about struggles, whether it's about whatever. Pick the brains, and then for the fans, it'd be great too. Absolutely. That's the difference I see with the Yankees doing it. The Mets going to do that. Why? I don't know. And like I said, I'm a Met. I'm always going to be a Met. Yeah. But that's the change I like to see happen. And I think, you know what? I think it also has a lot to do with, um, and you know, I it, it hurts a little bit to, to say these kind of things, but Steinbrenner built uh, a, a, a fabric around that team where we take care of our own. You know, you put those pinstripes on, you're a Yankee for life, and that's it. Yep. You, you might go here, you might go here, but you're you're a Yankee for life. And to see, you're right to see what happened with the Yankees do at spring training, where you have you know, there's you know you know 75 World Series rings in the house just because they want to be back and be part of it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know. I mean- that's why I like to see it. It makes sense. I don't yeah. understand why they don't do that. I really don't. And you, I mean, you do it just out of your heart. You go, you, I go every you know, spring. You go to, to Port St. Lucie. Yeah. You know, you, I, I've seen you with Jacob. I've seen yeah. you with with Thor. I see, you know, with all the guys. And just you know, hey, you know, we won. Here's what you know. And I think I think they love that. I think they love that. I mean, I, I spoke to Jake about it before. Oh, yeah. You know, and I'm like, you know, what's so what's the one? You know. You're a great pitcher. You're an absolutely amazing pitcher. But what's it like to get advice from, you know, a Doc Gooden, a Ron Darling? Uh, you know, and it's priceless. Or nobody else can give them that insight that you can. Yeah, give it to them, yeah. And you got all these guys around. Like I say, like Keith, he's there all the time, Ronnie. Yeah. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. You guys around, you. Yeah. You pick the brain. You never know. Like yeah. I say, it's not that you're there trying to take my job. No. You're there to work together to make this team better, man. Absolutely. I hate when the Mets lose or at the bottom. Oh, man. Well, yeah. like, we had had a discussion before. It's like, you know, it's not like the Mets don't have things to celebrate, you know? It's like, I can understand the behavior of, like, you know, like, touchy, you know, like, eh, like with, with putting distance between certain players. If you didn't win and you weren't celebrated, but you guys had monumental championships. Yeah. And that yeah. hurts me to say that, obviously, yeah. the Yankee fan. Yeah. But, like, you know, 69 and 86, it doesn't get any cooler than that as far yeah. as how, these, how you guys won. Yeah. And, the, I mean, 86 is a legend. It's crazy, it's, man. Like, and the thing I hate the most is like that team, the 86 team, get labeled as a partying team, right? And the thing is, during that era, every team was partying, but yeah. we got labeled because we went in and went in New York. Yeah. But that team had a lot of knowledge. You don't win that many games just going out partying. Come on, let's no, be real. No. I mean, you got to have some knowledge to do what we did. 
For some reason, this week's up, they want to party at 86, they feel like that was double 18. But you guys did too. All you guys is 86 and 69 until you win another one. That's what you have. So you tell everybody to for everybody, for the players, fans, everybody. That's what's most important yeah, to and, me. And you're not partying like that if you're not winning. Yeah, Guess what? Right. So you're having you a know, party for it. Yeah. yeah. Teams that go, you know, uh, 51 and 71, yeah, yeah. guess what? They're going home after yeah, the game, yeah, right. and they're, you know, they're drinking eight beers and going in their pool and hoping it doesn't it doesn't happen again. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, so that's the, that's the only thing. That's yeah. the only beef I have with the Mets, really. They don't use those guys. Like I said, they have something against me. Don't bring me with There's a lot of other guys that deserve to be down there helping these guys. You're basically cheating the organization. Yeah. You're cheating your fans by not having the 69 guys there. Not every guy. And the 86 guys. Not every guy. But some of these guys should be down there. Yeah. There's a lot of knowledge there. I'm telling you. Yeah. Man. You know what? There's one thing that sticks in my head forever. I was at that last game in 08. The last home game. And, you know, oh, yeah. all, all we had to do was win. Win and in. Yeah. Win yeah. and in. And you know the, the you know the team just didn't didn't get it done, and you it know it's like the last four or five or something, right? Yeah, yeah. It was it and was the hard Marlins, against the, the Marlins. 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 Yeah, I was I was actually there because they yeah because of the ceremony. The the ceremony and I'll never forget this as long as I live. The entire 08 team, every player, every coach, everybody on that team. Yeah. Now the legends of your team are coming out to take a bow. You. You and Daryl were there. Really, that was really the first time you guys were there together in, yeah, in a minute. I, I haven't been back. I didn't go back to the stadium for, for a long, long yeah. time. And part of it was because I remember, in, uh, well, in '94 they wanted to cut ties, which is fine. Yeah. I, I understood it then. Right, right. But my whole thing, I felt bad because I didn't want to leave Shea Stadium on the note that I did. Right. Because of, you know, being suspension. So when the suspension was lifted, before I went to travel to Mars by some because I called the match. Steve Phillips is the general manager. Yep. Steve, any interest to come back? I don't care about the money to come back. Unfortunately, we got the team. We wish you the best. Okay. I go to the Yankees, 96, 97. Come a free agent. Before I went to Clinton, I called the Mets again. Steve Phillips, any chance? 97, I've been great. Yeah. No, nah, unfortunately, that was the best. I go to Cleveland, 98, 99. I find out I call the Mets again. No, Doc, unfortunately, right? Okay, so then I signed with Houston. I had one start. I get traded to Tampa. I had eight starts. I got released. Yeah. I called Steve Phillips again. I'll go to AAA. I'll do anything. I just want to come back one more time. Yeah. So under any circumstances. Yeah, I want to retire the Met. Right. I said, no. Phone ring. Mr. Steinbrenner called me himself. Doc, you still want to pitch? Yes. With no guarantees, go, go to the complex, work out with Billy Connors. If it don't work out, you can't work for me. That's something that Mets should have said. Yeah. Or you think. Not that they owe me anything. I'm not saying that. No. But you would think. But you take care of your family. Right. You take so, care of your own. Yes. You know? Oh, it was so, so psyched when he came back. Yeah. So oh, I saw, I saw the Yankees. I was even I happy. Out. I was even happy. I was oh, so man. excited that you were And what was crazy, I the Yankees, right? And then so I pitched a couple like rookie games or whatever. Nothing special. Yeah. The next day, Billy Connors said, Doc, I need to see an office. I'm like, damn. I think they're going to release me. Yeah. I go in the office. He goes, they need a pitcher in New York. Gets the Mets. It's a, it was a day-night double hitter. Yeah. Day game at Shea, yeah. night game at Tim. Yeah. And, and he said, they want you to pitch against the Mets that day game. Oh, shit. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm really not ready, but I can't say no. no. I got to take it. And my whole thing was, I just want to go to Shea that last time anyway. Just to, one more time. Yeah. I went to Shea, beat the Mets, stayed on the Yankees the rest of the season. We'll beat them in the World Series. I retired. That's all I'm going to say. Yep. You'll always be a Met, but your time with the Yankees was great. That's great. Yeah. Like we we all look at you as one of one of us too. Oh, I, mean, I appreciate that. We know yeah. first and foremost yeah. you'll always be a Met because that's where the legend was built. Right. But like we were so happy to have you and, and you and Daryl. It was just it was great. You oh, know, great, you got to become part of our our team's story too. It's oh, amazing. definitely, definitely. It's great, man. And pitching there for them, I would never be more thankful to the Steinbrenners and Simon Fans for giving out the opportunity yeah. there. And Mint Duck said the fans were great. The way all turned out. Then when I retired, I worked for the Yankees for six years down in town. Yep. That's right. Man, it's great. Like, it's not always a met, but those times, and getting to play for both New York teams, the win, oh, oh man. Yeah. I mean, one more game. And, you know, just getting back to the original point at the end of that 08 season when you guys were all there. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. No. I got lost. No, no. Yeah. That was, I mean, yeah. please. Yeah, I got lost. Um, so, out of the 08 team, and once again, we're here live with Dwight Gooden on Extra Innings on the Soul Free Radio Network. At the end of the 08 season, the last game in the history of Shea Stadium, Mets royalty is there. I mean, Yogi is there. Gary Carter is there. Um, you and Daryl are there. Tom Seaver. Now, look, I'm a huge Piazza fan. Yep. I'll leave it at that. I got you. I All right? It's, it, you know, great ball player. 
but I still don't look at him as one of the legends of our, you know, you know, you know, you need a chip. Sorry, you need a chip. I get you know? it. That's what I thought. And, and Mike's my friend. I love yeah, Mike. Yeah, I love, love super, Mike. Super nice guy. A lot of yeah. people say, oh, he's, he's been great to me. No. I never yeah. had a problem. But it wasn't my call. But I always thought the receiver throwing out the last pitch, Carter should have called that Absolutely. See, I look at Piazza, maybe because I faced him as a Dodger. Yeah. I mean, he did great things for the Mets. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, I look at him as a Dodger. I could be wrong. I don't know. I, but I, 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 just, I still, you know, look, Tommy Lasorda <laughs> story. I mean, you know, it's, it's, but, um, so the OA team loses that game. They walk off the field. And the only person to come back on the field and acknowledge the crowd from the entire OA team, Howard Johnson, the third base coach at the time. So the only one, like, that, now if you're a young guy on that team, you, you get your ass out. You're on that front step. You thank your fans. You you just blew it, okay? You blew it, but you know what? You know what? You were you do what you need to do, and the only one who had enough class to do that was one of your guys. You know, Hojo. Good old number twenty. Yeah, it was a much different experience in the Bronx when I was there for the final game in the Bronx too. Yeah, which was like a week before that, I think. Yep. Actually, yep. it was like September twenty, mid September, late September. I mean, they did the ceremony first. They did, they did, and then fans, they took a lap around the field. The guys, Jeter made that big speech, you know, and it was amazing. He just did that off the top of his head, and it became like legendary. It's like. I was just surprised there wasn't more from the Mets, I guess. Like, you know, well, we're good at doing ceremonies see, stuff like after that. Stuff you know yeah. I mean? yeah. Like the players, you can blame the players, but some of them, maybe they don't know, but like Sabra would never allow that. You know, this is the way we're going to do it. You just know. Yeah. Just a different, different. The David Wright different. ceremony. So, you got David Wright's last home game. You're going to do a special montage after the game, okay? They pulled David after the fifth. I think it was the fifth inning they pulled him. Um, and Grant, he, he, he shouldn't have been playing. You know, this was this was more like let's let take a few swings and you know. Um, they pulled him in the middle of the game. Only the Mets can go to fourteen innings <laughs> and then have a ceremony at four thirty in the morning. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it didn't seem like. It's not like I'm bashing the Mets. Maybe I am a little bit, but not intentionally. I'm just saying things that really bother me. Yeah. Because I have no problem. Like, we're problems. We've talked. We've had no problems. Yeah, whatever. yeah. But, like, for instance, like, again, I'm going to go back to Franco, Piazza, these guys. Like, when they retired, they retired into the Mets Hall of Fame. They gave them their day. Yeah. They got the invite. Franco invited the whole Brooklyn. Everybody was there. Yeah. You know. Yeah. They had a Zeppelin stand up yeah. in the suite. Yeah, yeah. So, then... <laughs> When me, Daryl, David Johnson, Frank Cassian, all the guys from 86, yeah. they us all in together, like, let's get rid of these guys. Like, when you come all together, you're going to bring five people. Listen, I got seven kids, first of all. So that's the number So I need even more tickets. I'm like, what am I telling them to do, you know? <laughs> all right, we're going to play family trivia. <laughs> yeah. The first five finishers. <laughs> yeah, so that, I mean, maybe one in ten or something, but I just felt like, you know, so let's get all these guys together, how they did and get them out. Well, I can't see, I mean, just, you know, spending some time with Davey. Like, I can't see him being beloved by management. He doesn't seem like the guy who just goes along with the tide. Davey. <laughs> you would never see a manager like Davey now because with analytics and all this different stuff, that's why they get all these, and nothing against the young managers. Yeah. They get all these young guys, like the Earl Weavers, Tommy Lasorda. Yeah. You know, Larissa's. Um, uh, Billy Martin, guys yeah. like that. Larissa's. You won't see that anymore. No, no. It's a totally different game now. Yeah. But Davey, you're right. Davey, you tight. You get the players, you sign who you want, but once I got them in, in my roster, they're mine. Yeah. If it don't work, I'll take the break. Yep. That's like um, after we clinched the Houston, I'm sure you guys heard about it. We trashed the plane. I mean, the plane was a mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the next day we had workouts, right? So before workouts, we were having a meeting. Frank Cashin gets David a bill. He said, Here, here's the bill. I want you to take care of it. So David looked at the bill. Well, he said, We just want you to fucking pen it. You pay for it. Part of it. <laughs> <laughs> Great Davy Johnson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can make a movie out of the 86 match. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, Absolutely. You know, like, it could be a, it could be a film. I mean, yeah. Well, they should have got the documentary coming out. Um, yeah. I've already taken my part. It's going to be good stuff, man. Just uh, going over the whole season. Some of the 84, 85, 86, whatever. Yeah. Spring. It's going to be great. That's 
Yeah. So make sure. That's the 30th. That's the 30th. Yeah. 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 The thing that got me through the pandemic, the only thing that got me through the pandemic, was the Jordan document. The, the, that was great. The That's the first time I've seen him really open up like that. That was great. Oh that my god! Yeah. But it was like we were so hungry for any kind of sports oh, at that point. That was, it was, that was good. Time. Perfect time. Even though yeah. he was killing my Knicks the whole time. Yeah, I was, I was like, like fan too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't care. I'll take it. Around <laughs> Thursday, I started setting up the living room for it. Yep. Sunday, I'd watch in DVR. I'd rewatch it till like Wednesday, like <laughs> three or four times. Or get then, back to it, yeah. You know. Eat some more food and then watch it again. <laughs> yeah. It was perfect time, you know. It was perfect. Yeah, was great it was time. Perfect. Really was. Good move from ESPN getting on that. Yeah. Right. They released it early because yep. it was supposed to be like September. Yeah. Yep. It was supposed to be when basketball season, you know, uh, mm-hmm. training was going to start again. I know it goes. Like baseball, I mean basketball. I don't know how they're gonna do it now. They have the draft and it's like they normally start with April. Yeah, so it's gonna be interesting to see when this is all done. It's gonna be interesting. All right, Doc, brother, thank you. Oh, always, man. Thanks for having me. And now, like, thank you, you so know, much. You now that we're gonna be, listen, now that we're gonna be roommates. Yep. Oh yeah. Like we could do this all every week, every day. Let's do it. I'm fine. I mean, we always have shit to talk about. Always, always stuff going on. For sure. Thank you guys for having me. Good chat, guys. Thank you. you guys do the good work, man. Thank you, bro. It's extra innings so on the Soul Free Radio Network. Thank you, Doc. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, buddy. See you guys later. Thank you for All right, guys. Good night. Thank you.